but I've been working on a message now for about three weeks, and uh, and I'm going to be honest with you, church. This is going going to be uh, a lot more like a lesson today than it is a message, and we're going to talk about it this morning, and we're going to talk about it tonight. But I feel like it's so important that it's too important for me to to skip over because maybe maybe it's going to teach a little better than it's going to preach. But it's something that I believe that we all need to, to receive. This uh, retreat, God bless us with a great retreat, uh, and we thank the Lord for that. Uh, and the whole time we were at the retreat, this was our subject. We talked about communication, communication in marriage. Uh, and, uh, and during that time, God began to deal with my heart about this message for the church. And so I'm going to give you a, a little taste of what some of the couples got down at the retreat uh, a few days ago uh, but this will be to the church. As I talk to you today and tonight about the six parts of communication. Now, I'm going to just get through the first part this morning. And, uh, and we'll, we'll go through the other five parts tonight quickly. But I want to encourage you. Listen, and I, I'm serious about this. If you miss today, you're going to miss some help. And I'm serious about that. This message has, has helped me personally, which that's the way that God does it. God speaks to the pastor, and sometimes God deals with the heart of the pastor, and sometimes us pastors, we have to sort of get right before we come and try to encourage you to get right. And so as, as God was giving me some of these things, and, and I, as I've been going back over it and studying the last few days, and I thought, wow, Lord, this is needful. This is needful stuff. And so I want to talk to you about that today, the six parts of communication. And we're just going to get through the first part this morning. But I want you to stand when you find your place, if you will. Genesis chapter 3, and I want you to join me in verse number 1, if you will. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat. And gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And I'm getting ready to read one of the saddest verses in all of Scripture in verse number 8. And the Bible says, And they, talking about Adam and Eve, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Here it is. And Adam and his wife, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Now I'll stop right there uh, for sake of time today, but I want to talk to you about this thing of communication. It's something we can't live without. Do you know that? Whether you know it or not, you are heavily involved in communication. The reason I chuckle is because some of you are more heavily involved than others, but uh, all of us are involved in communication in one shape or another, and and it's important that as Christians, we make sure that our communication skills are right. Uh, 
And so you may be seated this morning, and we're going to go to the Lord in a word of prayer, and we're going to ask the Lord to help us. I'll put several things on the screen this morning and several things on the screen tonight just to help your, uh, your uh, memory. Uh, hopefully you can keep some of these things in mind. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be back at Calvary. And it has been a great song service. We thank you for the music, the musicians. Thank you for the good singing. Thank you for the great singing of the choir and the special. And Father, I pray now as we take just a few moments to, to, to dive into your word and to dig into your word, God, I pray that you'll use uh, this feeble attempt at preaching and teaching. God, I pray that you'll use it to accomplish great things for your kingdom. Lord, if there may be one here today that doesn't know for sure that they're on their way to heaven, well, I pray today would be the day that they would come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and they would leave here with the joy of the Lord in their, their heart and their soul, knowing that they're on their way to heaven one day. And thank you for the Bible, God. Thank you so much for the Bible. And I pray that you'll help it to come alive in our hearts and our minds today. I pray for a fresh anointing now of the Holy Spirit and I pray that our blessed Savior would receive glory and praise and honor from all that's done. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen, amen. Now, one of the first things that I believe we see spotlighted in Genesis chapter 3 is communication. And oddly enough, we notice here that it is the communication of Lucifer, of Lucifer. We notice that Lucifer's communication with Eve was an attempt to sever communication between Adam and Eve and God. By the way, he was successful at that. Now, originally, I didn't even have this in the outline. I wasn't going to bring this out. But as I begin to study and begin to pray, God began to show me a few extra things that I want to bring to your attention today. And I want you to notice, before we get into the six parts of communication, I want you to notice uh, the communication, the three parts of communication uh, when it comes to Lucifer. Several things. Number one, I noticed that his communication is skeptical. It's skeptical. Now look at uh, Genesis 3 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So right off the bat, we notice that skepticism. We notice that skeptical communication. Uh, Satan, the very first thing, first base, he questions the word of God. And by the way, not much, not much has changed in this day and time. We still have that going on in this day and time. People are trying to question the word of God. But I want to say this morning, Calvary, be careful about those whose speech is always skeptical. Always skeptical. Uh, those that are always trying to stir something up all the time. And that's what this was. It was an attempt to bring question marks into Eve's mind. And there are people out there among us who you work with and go to school with and uh, maybe your family. And for some reason, every time you get around them, it's always that spirit of you know, skepticism. They're always, uh, always trying to bring something up. They're always asking questions. Uh, the devil will come, and the devil will say, are you sure 
the Bible is true. I mean, I, I know, uh, you know, you think it is, but are you sure the Bible is true? Are you really sure that you need to attend church? I mean, really, is it really that important that you attend church? And they're all the time bringing up questions that really, my daddy used to say, don't amount to a hill of beans. I mean, it's just, you know what? Uh, it's neither here nor there. You know, I mean, it's not going to help anybody. Uh, it's not going to help a church. It's not going to help a family. But they're always bringing up those questions, those skeptical questions. Now, listen to what your Bible says. You don't have to turn there. But 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 23 says this, But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. In other words, there's always that group out there that are always trying to insert something just with the purpose of trying to stir something up. And, the, and Scripture's very clear. When Scripture tells us, avoid those kind of people. Amen. Did you know there are some folks that you, listen, you ought to love everybody, but there are some people you have to love from a distance. Because they're all, and here we are in Christmas time, you know, and, and families are getting together, and we've got loved ones coming together that we don't see all year long, and, and we've all got those family members that are just, you know what, they're always trying, you know, everything's going great, Everything's going smooth, and they've always got to, uh, got to try to get in there and throw a wrench in the gears and get something stirred up. Listen to what the Bible tells us in Titus chapter 3 and verse number 9. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. Now listen, I'm going to go on, but I just want to say this. If you get around somebody like that and they start bringing up some of these stupid questions and somebody said that there's no stupid question. I'm not sure about that, church. I'm going to be honest. And, but if you get around somebody like that, listen, this is what you're going to do. Just avoid it. Just avoid it. Uh, you know what? There, the, the Bible tells us there's really no use in arguing with a fool. You're not going to gain anything. And so you might as well just go on your way and, uh, and uh, you know what you believe and, and, uh, and you just go on and, and, uh, and, and let the Lord speak to your heart. But we notice that Lucifer's communication was skeptical. Number next is we notice that Lucifer's communication was cynical, cynical. Now, look at Genesis chapter three and verse number three. The Bible says, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, Eve is speaking here. She said, God hath said, you shall not eat of it neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now look at this. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. And so we notice that cynical communication. In other words, surely that can't be true. I mean, Eve, I know what God said, but don't you think probably God meant something else? I mean, other people have done this and got away with it. And, and I mean, surely that, you know, that's not what he meant. And I mean, it just, you know, probably, you know, God probably didn't mean that. Just that cynical, that cynical spirit, that cynical communication. Did you know the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 14, verse number nine, that fools make a mock at sin. But among the righteous, there is favor. In other words, there are those people out there that are always cynical about everything. You can be doing something great, something wholesome, something helpful, and yet they've always got that cynical, that cynical attitude. I mean, always trying to bring up something negative and, and uh, always trying to find something wrong with the preacher. 
And it doesn't matter how good the preacher is. They're always trying to find something to stir something about, about the preacher or the deacon or the supervisor or whatever the case may be. And so again, I, wanna, I, I just want to emphasize that you and I are to make sure that we stay away from those kind of communications. We notice that his communication was skeptical. We notice his communication was cynical. But then I noticed this. We notice that Lucifer's communication was critical. It was critical. You'll notice in uh, verse number three again, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. Now look at verse five. He said, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. You know what? Satan just came right out and just criticized the Lord. You know what he said to Eve? God's a liar. I mean, he's a liar. Uh, uh, Lucifer came to Eve and said, God's not playing fair. That's exactly what he's saying. I mean, uh, Eve, this is what it is. God doesn't want you to be like him, and so God doesn't want you to partake of the fruit. This is what, the, this is what Satan was saying. He was saying, God doesn't want you to have fun. I mean, God's just trying to keep you from having fun. God was trying to keep them from dying. But Satan came and said, man, just do it. You'll love it. It's awesome. Everybody's doing it. You're going to have the time of your life. You're going to have a blast when you do it. And yet we find here that Satan's communication was critical. It was critical. And so, listen, be careful about, uh, about hanging around those folks whose communication is always, listen, there is a critic in every bunch. And you can have a, a great Sunday where, man, everything goes right. Great crowd, people saved, baptized, I mean, rededications. I mean, just a great day. And a critic will always find something wrong. Now, you know what? That's a spirit of Satan. And so we notice here that his, that his communication was critical. Now, because of that, church, we notice something here. That communication was broken between Adam and Eve for the, and God for the very first time. Look, if you will, again. Genesis 3, verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Evidently, they fellowshiped with God every day. And the Bible says, And Adam and Eve, or Adam and his wife, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden, and that communication was broken. Now, we learned at the retreat last, last week or week before last, we learned that communication in marriage is vital. But the truth is, communication is vital in every part of life. Amen. Did you know that God places, and, and somebody says, Preacher, why in the world would you even preach this? And I'll tell you why. Because if you get in your Bible and you start in Genesis and work your way, uh, way to, through to Revelation, you'll find out that this book right here is absolutely chocked full of scriptures concerning communication and the way we talk and the speech we use and the language we use and the way we communicate to others. The Bible is loaded with truth concerning communication. In fact, in fact, did you know that God used communication to create the world's? You start your Bible in the book of Genesis chapter 1 and you won't make it until you get to the third verse. And already we see communication in the scriptures. And then as you begin to make your way through, it's on and on and on and on. Now, 
Now, Calvary, let me tell you why I'm teaching this today. Because if you don't understand something, it's difficult to be good at it. Years ago, when I was in grade school, I attended Celeste Hinkle School way out in West Iredale. And I was, I was, I don't know, probably, uh, I think it was third grade, third grade, fourth grade, something like that. And I went out for the football team, uh, the Celeste Hinkle Hornets, and I went out for the football team. Now, here's the problem. We didn't watch sports at our house. My dad just wasn't a sports guy. He was a wood-chopping kind of guy. He was a cow-feeding kind of guy. But he wasn't, he just wasn't, dad wasn't the kind of guy that would just sit down and watch sports for hours and hours. And so we just didn't watch sports a lot uh, in our, at our house. Now, I knew how to sl- uh, shoot a slingshot. Oh, yes, I knew how. Listen, brother, I mean, we walked around with a pocket full of rocks and, and a, a slingshot. And I knew how to, to, to shoot a slingshot. I knew how to fix a, a bottle for a calf and feed a calf before I went to school. And I knew how to do those things. But, but I didn't know how, I didn't know anything about football. And so I'll never forget the night that we were supposed to show up for the team. I got, I got to the school, and one of the assistant coaches, I still remember this to, to this day, uh, Coach Morrow, and uh, he met me, and he said, all right, Stephen, he said, what position do you play? I thought, that's a good question, brother. <laughs> what position do you play? And then he looked at me and he said this. He said, you look like a tight end. Yes, that's, a, that's exactly what I play. I'm a tight end. That's right. Now, the truth of the matter is, I didn't know a tight end from a loose end. I didn't know. I, I just, I, I didn't, I mean, this is sad. I know this is sad, but y'all pray for me, amen? I didn't know a tight end from a quarterback. I didn't know. I really, I didn't know what a tackle was, a guard. I didn't have a clue. And so, uh, he said, we're going to put you in as a tight end. I thought, great, man, that's great. They put me in there. Uh, and uh, honestly and truly, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I didn't know what, I didn't know. I didn't know who I was supposed to hit. I didn't know where I was supposed to go. I didn't know where I was supposed to run. I mean, I was clueless out there. Now, the reason I was is because I didn't know anything about it. I did not understand football. Now, I, I said that to say this. A lot of people struggle with communication. And one of the reasons they struggle with it is because they just don't understand it. They don't understand the parts of communication. And so I want to teach that to our church today. And I believe this, if you can understand the different parts of communication and how it applies to us as a Christian, I believe it's going to help you to be a better communicator. All right, y'all ready? Here we go. Number one, the first part of communication is they, they tell us is this, context context. Now, context can be physical, social, chronological, or cultural. Boy, aren't you glad you came to learn that today. My college education is paying off now, buddy, and uh, that doesn't help you, but anyway, that's what they tell us, all right? And uh, now, for instance, if I were to say to Brother Brandon, if I were to say to Brother Brandon, Brother Brandon, I want to talk to you about something that happened two weeks ago. Well, contextually, that's chronological. In other words, it's already happened. It's something in the past. And so I would say, Brother Brandon, I want to communicate with you concerning something that happened two weeks ago. Now, now stay with me. Context and keeping things in context is vital in healthy communication. 
If you're not following me now, you will in just a moment. And then you'll want me to go back to the first part again. Context is vital in healthy communication. For instance, did you know that context in Bible study and preaching is an absolute? It's an absolute. Now, I put a verse on the screen here because I wanted you to see the verse, and you can turn to it if you want to. But 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 15, the Bible gives us a very strong admonition. It says this, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so, in other words, what the Bible's telling us this, that this book we call the Bible, it is our our challenge to get this book and to make sure that we rightly divide it, that we study it, that we read it, that we devour it, that we let it get in our mind and our heart. But the Bible tells us this, that we are to rightly divide this book. We're to read this book in context. We're to make sure that we keep it in context. Listen, if you take Scripture out of context, did you know you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say? (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and by the way, that happens all the time. There are major religions that are coming up today because they took one or two verses out of the Bible and they made those what maybe seemed to be a controversial verse say what they wanted it to say and now they built a whole religion on it and that's why the Bible says that we're to study and we're not only to study, but we're to rightly divide the word of truth. We are to study it and read it and preach it and teach it in its context, contextually. Now, when you take it out of context, it changes everything. And so, one young man I heard about, this was his habit. He would just take his Bible and he said, God's going to speak to me from the Bible. He would take his Bible, he'd let his Bible just fall open anywhere. He would close his eyes. He would take his finger and he would point and he'd say, God's going to speak to me from that verse. And so one day he got out his Bible and uh, he just let it fall open. And he pointed to a verse and the verse said this, Judas went out and hanged himself. (laughs) He sort of shook his head and he thought, hmm, what's God trying to say to me? So he took his Bible and he closed it. He let it fall open again and he pointed his finger down there and he looked and it said, go and do thou likewise. He thought, hmm, surely God's not. And so he thought, I'm going to do this three tries, amen. And so he took his Bible, he let it fall open, he pointed his finger down there, and it said, what thou doest, do quickly, amen. (laughs) Now, wait a minute now. What's the point? The point of that story is this. Here's a young man that took the Bible out of context. And if, if you don't read it in its context, You can, listen, you'll make it say anything you want it to say. Listen now, as sure as you're communicating with others, be careful not to take things out of context. Listen, church, truth of the matter is, all of us, every one of us in this club, if we're not careful, when we hear things, if we're not careful, we'll take something that was said and we'll take it out of its context. Now I want to give you a verse. Y'all ready? Proverbs 18, 13. The Bible says, He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, 
It is folly and what? Shame unto him. In other words, somebody says, did you hear what so-and-so said? And listen, you don't think about it. You don't pray about it. You don't ponder on it. You just jump the gun. And you know what? If you're not careful, you'll take that thing. Before you know it, you'll take it completely out of context and you'll get mad and sideways with the Lord and backslid and out of the will of God. And am I preaching right this morning? I am preaching right this morning. Why? Because you took it out of its context. Now, listen, did you know in hearing, they tell us this, that if you're able to hear, uh, hearing is a wonderful, wonderful sense. And I thank God for the sense of hearing that God has given me. But they tell us this, that it is hard for us to discern directionally concerning sound. You'll hear, you deer hunters, you know what I'm talking about? You're sitting out there in the stand and you can hear it and you think. Where's that come from? Or how many times have I been sitting in a deer stand and I thought, man, here comes Mr. Buck. Whoa, here he comes, here he comes, here he comes. I mean, I got ready, man, I got perched, I was ready, and then a little squirrel just scurries out. You're laughing because that's happened to you too. Directionally, they tell us that directionally it's hard for us to discern where, which direction the, the, the sound's coming from. My wife and I, we're uh, down here, down at the retreat in South Carolina, and, uh, and we were laying in our in our room, our bedroom in the in the hotel there, and it was raining outside. And the rain, there was a, a a door, a sliding door right beside our bed, and the rain was blowing, and it was hitting the the glass door. But I swanee, it sounded just like it was up above us. And I kept laying there thinking somebody has left their bathtub running. I could hear it. It sounded like it was, it, was, it was dripping, dripping, I mean a lot, on the floor. And I thought, Lord, is that floor, is that going to cave in? I mean, I just kept on hearing it and hearing it. In fact, I had to finally get up, and I thought, where is that sound coming from? And actually, the sound wasn't there. The sound was over here. You know what? I could not discern the sound directionally. Now, I said that to say this. In the same way, if we're not careful, we'll hear something and fail to keep it in its context. Context. In a statement recently, our president said this. In referring to the gang MS-13, our president recently said this, quote, he said, we have people coming into the country or trying to come in, and we're stopping a lot of them. But we're taking people out of the country. You wouldn't believe how bad these people are. These aren't people. These are animals. And we're taking them out of the country at a level and at a rate that's never happened before. Now, that's a quote, a direct quote. The press took that statement out of context. And they said the president of the United States said that every immigrant was an animal. Now, I don't care if you like him or hate him. And if you hate him, you're not right with God. Because as a child of God, whether you voted for him or not, you have a responsibility to pray for him. But wait a minute now. Regardless of that, this is my point. They took what was said, took it out of context. And they said every immigrant was an animal. Wait a minute. His wife's an immigrant. Now, that's what I'm saying. If you're not careful, you'll take something out of its context in communication. And before you know it, man, you're all messed up. Amen. Amen. This has been years ago, years ago. 
We were in our adult Sunday school class like we were this morning. And I just happened to mention in the course of the class, I just happened to mention the nursery. The nursery. We had a mother sitting in my Sunday school class who for some reason that day thought I was speaking directly to her. She got up immediately from the Sunday school class. She went down and got her kids. By the way, she didn't have, her kids were out of the nursery. But she got her kids out of their classes, got in their car. She sped up the road, never came back to this church. And by the way, that family blew apart every which way but loose. I'm talking about in prison. I'm talking about kids in prison. I mean, just, uh, just absolutely just shattered. That whole family was just absolutely shattered. Now, wait a minute now. And here's a mother who was doing good. Her kids were doing good. They were growing in the Lord. And yet she took something that she heard. She took it out of context, thought it was going directly to her, got all upset about it. And you know what? Satan used it to get exactly what he wanted. Why? Because somebody took communication out of context. Now, that's, that's, that's as far as we're going to go this morning. We'll hit the rest of it tonight. But I'm going to tell you something. You know what, uh, Calvary, listen to me. Make sure when things happen and people say things, listen, give people the benefit of the doubt. Somebody, you know, Brother Brandon said something to you and you're thinking, man, that wasn't right. Okay, all right, wait a minute now. Maybe Brother Brandon's having a bad day. Now, should he have said it? No, but maybe he's having a bad day. You ever had a bad day? You ever said anything you didn't, you, that you wish you wouldn't have said? Sure, come on, let's get honest. We all have. And so maybe Brother Brandon's having a bad day. Maybe Mandy really got on him thick. I mean, hot and heavy before they got here. Wait a minute now. Maybe he's under the weather. Maybe you didn't even know it, but that morning, Mandy had to take one or two of the kids to the hospital that morning. Urgent care. Brother Brandon's here trying to, he's trying to fulfill his responsibilities. His mind is here, but yet his mind's at an urgent care. Uh, the, the babies are sick. Uh, he says uh, maybe a little something that he shouldn't have said. Wait a minute now. Uh, and, and, and we take it personally and we take it completely out of its context and before we know it, man, we're all mad and upset and indifferent uh, with each other. Oh, listen to me, man. Let's learn to forgive and forget and go forward and forget it and go on and just serve Jesus. When somebody says, well, you know, preacher in the new building, I thought we were gonna have, I thought we were gonna have mauve uh, fabric and and there's uh, there's uh, aqua fabric on there and uh, wait, I ask you a question who cares man I don't care if it's purple or red or I don't care what kind of carpet's on the floor it don't matter what kind of carpet's on the floor as long as sinners are walking the aisle and getting saved that's the main thing and so Calvary listen let's make sure that when it comes to communication context context. Now tonight, Lord willing, first point we're going to start with, you. Second point in communication, sender. Oh yeah, it's going to get good tonight, amen. If you miss it, you're going to miss it tonight. Let's pray, Father. We love you. I know this has been different for a Sunday morning, but I believe this is the will of God. God, I pray that you'll help us to,
be so careful how we hear. Be so careful, Lord, that we don't get upset and out of God's will and all messed up in our mind and our spirit. All because somebody said something or somebody posted something on Facebook or somebody tweeted something or, oh, Lord Jesus, help us. Help us. Help us to be more spiritual than that. God, help us at Calvary Baptist Church to determine today that we're going to put our eyes upon Jesus. Not a pastor or a deacon or a Sunday school teacher or a song leader or a choir member. God, help us to put our eyes on the only one who will never disappoint, and that's Jesus Christ. Father, if there may be one here this morning that doesn't know that they know that they know that they're on their way to heaven, well, I pray today would be the day that they would come and accept Christ as Savior. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Our time, we're doing great on time. Can I take just a moment as your heads are bowed? Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, if I died today, I don't know that I'd go to heaven, okay? Would you understand the Bible tells us that we're sinners in need of a Savior? The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Because of that sin, the Bible says there's a penalty. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. But thank God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God sent his only son so you and I can have heaven. Romans 5, 8, the Bible says, But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And Jesus Christ came, the Lamb of God, God's perfect son. He took my sin upon him and took your sin upon him. And he went to the cross and there he bled and suffered and died to pay the penalty for our sin. They put him in the grave. But our Bible is very clear to tell us that on the third day, he was resurrected. God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says that if we'll believe that Jesus died for us and rose again for us, and if we'd be willing to accept his free gift of salvation, did you know the Bible tells us that he'll save you right where you are right now? If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I am not sure that I'm saved. All right? Would you believe that Christ died for you and rose again? And if you would, right now, would you just receive his free gift of salvation? Just say something like this to him. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died and rose again. And right now, dear Lord, I ask you to come into my heart and life and save my soul. And Lord, take me to heaven when I die. I trust you, Jesus, today as my personal Savior. I trust you today. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, in just a moment we're going to stand. If you prayed that prayer today and you were serious, 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 I want to invite you to come. Just make your way down here to the front and say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer today. I meant business. I meant business. I wanted to be saved, and Jesus saved me today. The Bible tells us that when we get saved, we ought to make it public. And so I want to encourage you to come.
It could be that there may be somebody here today who would say, Pastor, you didn't even know it. But boy, God sure hit a home run today. Somebody said something. Somebody did something. Somebody treated me a certain way. And I let it get to me. And God, it's been, it's been bugging me, preacher, for a long time. And I've let it get in between me and my Bible reading and my prayer time. And I don't have the joy I used to have. And I've lost my excitement. Okay. Then why don't you do this? Why don't you tiptoe down to an old-fashioned altar today? It's crowded, but there's room. And just come and say, Lord, I'm getting that right with God today. Today's a day to forget and forgive. And I'm moving forward. Father, I thank you for this time we've had together this morning. God, I thank you for the message. It's been a challenge, and I believe tonight will be a challenge. I pray you'll help us concerning this thing of communication. Father, I pray that you'll work in hearts now. Have your way. Accomplish your will, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand today. If you would, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. The pianist is going to play. If you need to come, the altar's open. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. You come today while we wait, while we wait. Pastor's going to make his way to the main floor. And if God's speaking, listen, come on, come on right now. Something about sealing your decision at an old-fashioned altar. Just step out and come. If you prayed that prayer today and you were serious about it, you say, Pastor, I received Christ today, all right? Why don't you come and let everybody know today? We're going to pause just for a few minutes. You come while we wait.